welcome to Families for Life, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're talking about our favorite movies. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, listeners. I want to say a big welcome to my special guest today, special co-host, Evan Gray. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Good. It's a beautiful day outside. Good. Um, yeah, doing great. Well, we have, before I get into the actual episode, we'll tell people to like and subscribe and do all the things that you're supposed to do. Give you us know. a review, help people to find our podcast. You know the drill. You know the drill. If you have um, email uh, feedback, send it to the email address in the show notes. Let us know what you like, what you didn't like, if you've got ideas for us. But today... We thought we'd do a fun episode. We've been we just finished our marriage series about a month ago or so. Did a couple standalone episodes talking about prayer and about discipleship and stuff like that. And uh, everything's been, you know, really biblical, heavy, yeah. theological. But you know what? Sometimes it's good to just have fun. Yes, absolutely. It's good to do a fun episode, just kind of break it up. It's good for me to do that, and I appreciate that. And so when I Pastor Brian Brian Van Doren. And I did movies um, some some time ago. We did our top three, and we focus mainly on influential like family movies. Yeah. And so I put out there Rocky, the Lord of the Rings series, Secondhand Lions. Have you okay, seen yeah. Have you seen yeah. Secondhand Lions? Uh, they they fly an airplane into a barn. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fantastic. My, my dad loves that movie. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's a fantastic movie because it does it speaks to um, you know, sort of manhood and, yeah. and what it takes to, to, to be a man and all those type of things. Then Brian, my favorite is the seed salesman where they, uh, just plant yeah, corn, corn. It's corn, <laughs> corn, corn, corn. Yeah. <laughs> they got a big pile of corn yeah. on their table. <laughs> well, the boy thinks they should eat more vegetables because yeah. all they eat is it's meat, meat yeah. basically. Yeah. So, um, Brian's movies were, it's a wonderful life. Ben Hur, so the okay. old the old Charlton Heston version. I feel like we watched part of that in in like high school or something. Right, and then uh, Master and Commander, uh, with uh, Russell Crowe. I think so. Yeah, yeah like a boat movie. Yeah. Like there, he's a sea captain. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a ship. I mean, it's a naval ship, but well, it's a boat. Boat, boat makes it. It's seem. a boat. <laughs> it's still a boat. It's like a John boat. boat or something. Yeah, it's like a a jet is still an airplane. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but so. So today, though, we thought we would just open it up and talk about just our, some of our favorite movies. I, I love movies. Um, I often try to watch at least one movie a week if I can, you know, just because I love. And, and my, my movie uh, watching is very broad. Yeah. I watch old movies. I watched uh, new. In fact, I just watched. <clears throat> I went back and watched a, a Sherlock Holmes movie from, I want to say it was the 30s. Uh, an old Sherlock Holmes movie on Amazon. A lot of that stuff's on Amazon. Yeah. Um, and so I try to watch different, different things. I just, and oh, and I just uh, went back and watched the old True Grit with okay. John Wayne. Yeah. So yeah, I love I love. I'm movies. not sure I've seen the old one. I definitely have seen the new the new one. the new one's good too. Yeah, yeah the new yeah. one I did watch that recently too. So yeah. What about you? What do you yeah, love? I, I watch movies a lot. My wife kind of makes fun of me because you know it'd be like a random Tuesday at you know, 7.30 after the kids have gone down for bed and I'll just start a movie. And she finds that very odd because she didn't really grow up watching movies so much. 
and so it, it's she always kind of makes fun of me. But well, all I, of the streaming services make it. I mean, yeah. just so easy, yeah. you know. And I, and I also uh, am a rewatcher a lot. Mm. Like I watch, like I'll rewatch a movie mm. often, yeah. especially if it's one that I like. Some so much that like I don't even really have to watch it anymore. Yeah. I can just listen to it and know what's happening. Well, yeah. that's and that's kind of my category for like favorite movies. Yeah. Part of it is number one, you got you got to like it, but then rewatchability too. Yeah. So back back before you had streaming and all that, when you had cable, so so favorite movies for me would be I would be flipping through the channels and I would come across one of my favorite movies and I would just stop yeah. and and watch wherever it is wherever yeah. it is in the movie because I just love that movie yeah. so much. So rewatchability to me is a big part. What about you? What makes something your favorite, like a favorite for you? Like what's what's the criteria? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I have like a a, a pinpoint criteria. I think, uh, you know, being being a music guy, having a good soundtrack is mm. kind of important. Uh, I think all three movies I brought today are like three well known uh, music composers, mm-hmm. score composers. Um, and so that's kind of a big deal. Um, it's interesting. I like soundtracks, but I like the ones when they use um, popular yeah. music yeah, yeah. soundtracks. Yeah. Like I, I do like. Um, there are movies where I will go back and listen to the soundtrack of that movie, where it's like songs that the director has picked to put in the movie. You know, it's not that they composed these songs. You know. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big history buff, so like period pieces. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a yeah, okay. I, I gravitate towards those a lot. All right. Mine are all over the place. My tastes are are very are uh, very eclectic. So yeah. you'll see that today in my in the movies that I pick. So, well, let's go. Let's jump into it. What is your first movie? First that makes your top. It doesn't have to be your number one favorite or even your number yeah. three, but like it just makes your top favorite list. Yeah. I so I I, I kind of put these in order of like probably less close to the top, and the last one will be the top one. Yeah. Okay. Um. And I and I also tried to pick some that were like in different genres, so they're not all the not all the same. Right, right. Because I could definitely pick like three war movies and right. You know. um, but the first one I picked was uh, Prince of Egypt, which I think came out in like I don't know nineteen ninety eight ninety nine. Prince of Egypt, so, the yeah. the animated yeah, movie. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Um, which apparently was like kind of uh, oh nineteen ninety eight. I see it on my piece of paper. I brought I brought facts. Um, but. Um, it was kind of inspired by the Ten Commandments movie yes. in like the fifties, um, but I I, I I do enjoy animated movies, um, probably more than like a thirty year old man should. But um, I, the the thing I find cool about this movie in particular is like the star studded cast that it has, mm-hmm. especially for the time that like yeah. in nineteen ninety eight. I'm reading like, about Val Kilmer, yeah, Ray so, Fiennes, Michelle Pfeiffer, Sandra Bullock, yeah, lots Jeff of people. Jeff Goldblum has Steve Martin and Martin Short, like Patrick Stewart. Oh my yeah, goodness! Like there's not a uh, Helen Mirren, I think, is in it. Wow! Like there's not a there's not a single character. Uh, um, there was one. There was one more that I that I didn't actually realize until I printed this off. Danny Glover's in it. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's just like there's no not a single character is played by an unknown person, uh-huh. which is. How they pulled that off, I have no idea. Um, it was like DreamWorks is for it's a DreamWorks movie, and it's like their second ever movie, and they got this ridiculous cast in it. Well, I will say that I do. So some people, 
some people will say that the late 90s was kind of the height of animation yeah. Yeah. before everything switched to digital uh you know animation yeah. that <clears throat> this movie and some of the other ones like um like uh, Atlantis and other ones yeah. that are kind of look very similar that's is like peak peak drawing animation yeah. at this time and not only did they have a star-studded cast, but they also won an Academy Award for Best Song, sung by Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. So okay. it's just like, how did, how did they get all these people to, uh, to pitch to, into this? Honestly, real, I mean. To do a Bible movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it's not, it's not accurate. They did, I mean, they say it right at the first scene that you say see in the movie that it's, uh, you know, they took liberties for sure. But, sure. Um, I mean, you get the basic, you yes, get the broad yes, strokes yes, of the yeah, story. Yeah. So, I mean, but it uh, is good in that regard. But uh, the 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 music soundtrack to it is, uh, I just it's it's killer, it's killer. Uh, uh, and I don't know. I think they did a great job, uh, you know, depicting like um, the plagues that happen. They 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 depict them in like a terrible way, like they're terrible plagues, mm -hmm. but also not like. Beyond a kid's ability to stomach them, <laughs> sure, you know, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. That, that's uh, one of my one of my favorite. I, I listen to the soundtrack a lot. Like, okay, uh, just because it's it's so good. Um, Hans Zimmer is the composer, so huge name. Is he one of your favorite composers? Um, so there's like two composers that kind of. Uh, I feel like you can't pick as your favorite because they're just so. John Williams, John Williams, yeah. and Hans Zimmer—they like they just do so much and so many like, iconic huge movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it, it's a little unfair uh, to pick them. But um, I, I honestly would say, though, musically, I don't care for him that much. It, it, this is an exception for mm -hmm. sure. But like a lot of times, I know this isn't about movie scores. That'll be that'll be then another episode. Um, <laughs> Not on just, this it'll podcast. Just, it'll just be me talking. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, but sometimes, like, he's not super melodic. Like, I'm thinking, like, uh, of he did the movie for the Dark Knight um, Batman movie. Uh -huh. And it's just really, like, bah, bah. like, there's no melody to it. It's just very droney. Mm. Uh, so I don't necessarily care for that. But. I did like the music. In the, I mean, it did set the tone yes, of a yes. very dark. I mean, that movie yes. is dark. He does do a good job of setting the tone for, like, what you're watching, but sometimes it's hard to listen to it standalone because oh, not, yeah, of there's course not really not. anything to listen to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah. Okay, so my, it's funny you picked that uh, as a, historically what a kid's movie would be, even though it's yeah, very yeah. Ar artistic <laughs> and complex storytelling, but I, I also picked a kid's movie, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate okay, Factory. yeah. 1971. So these type of movies. Is that before your time? A little uh, bit? Yeah, a, a little, little bit. A few years. Time? About okay. a decade. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> these type of movies, I, I have the same feelings. I could have picked The Wizard of Oz, the original, uh, 1939, I believe. Something Is there like a non-original? Did they come out with another one? Well, just they've had other Oz adaptations, gotcha. adaptations yeah, and yeah. things. But the original uh, Wizard of Oz, I could have picked that one. But I think Willy Wonka for me is... T tops that even more yep. so it, i just it has this magical sort of sense to it to where there is there is a lot of fun and joy but there's also like an edge to it like a little bit of darkness as well yep. and i think that that is a credit to the actor gene wilder because when they were they had so many famous actors that they um that they auditioned and then when he came in 
he had this like air of like kind of wild eye and like kind of this edge. Like you didn't know, you didn't know which way he could go, you know? And so they offered him the role pretty much like on the spot because of, because of that. And, you know, it's a simple story. It's a, it's a, 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 there's morals in it. You know, this kid who's poor uh, gets this great opportunity and he just wants to be there because like, he, it's an opportunity that he's never going to have because his parent, his his parent, his mom, and his grandparents, dirt poor. You know, yeah. I mean, they're all sleeping in the same bed. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you know, it's a it's a situation where uh, they uh, he's never going to have this. So he's grateful just being in the in the midst of this awesome experience. You know, he has a, the right heart, and of course, these other kids are moral in as far as like you know uh, gluttony. And I forget like all of the different sins or whatever, yeah. all the things that they represent, but they all represent uh, <clears throat> really bad traits. And, you know, the visuals are great. I will say I'm not a musical fan. I don't like musicals on the whole. However, I love the music in, in Willy Wonka. Yeah. You know, you think about the songs, uh, Cheer Up Charlie, Candyman. Candyman. Uh, you know, Pure Imagination is just that is a great song. The Oompa Loompa songs yeah. are fantastic, you know? And so, <clears throat> exactly. It's fantastic, right? <laughs> so I just love Willy Wonka and the Chocolate And I know that Roald Dahl, he disowned the film because he wrote a, he wrote a, uh, he wrote the original screenplay and then they, they tweaked it. They changed it to make it a little different. Cause if you read the book, the book is different. Okay. And the Johnny Depp version of Charlie and the chocolate factory is more faithful to the actual book. And that's why maybe people don't like it as much because they, I mean, there's just Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory is just, is just great. And I didn't know if you know this, but it did not do well when it first came out. So it was a $3 million budget. It only made $4 million in the box office, not an overwhelming success. And it wasn't until they started putting it on cable because n- n- nobody won it. So I think the uh, <clears throat> it was actually originally made because Quaker Oats was launching a new chocolate bar brand, which hmm. eventually became the Willy Wonka chocolate yeah. bar brand. So they wanted a movie to go along with it, you know, all this kind of stuff. Well, so when I think it was Universal or, or Paramount, I can't remember, had the rights, they didn't want it. It went back to Quaker Oats. Quaker Oats sold it to another uh, production company or another movie studio. So then they started just putting it on TV. And then people like me who grew up in the eighties remember seeing this movie on TV at least once a year, if not more than that. And you would watch it and then you grew to love it. And you grew this, I mean, just, just this fondness of just the, this, the beauty and the, the story and the music and everything. And so it just, it's very nostalgic for me. And so this is a movie that I can watch I can pick it up at any point, any time. I can watch it, and it's just, it's fantastic. And Gene Wilder is just, is amazing. Yeah. He's one of my favorite actors. Plus, it has, like, a flying uh, elevator at the end. Yes. Oh. Well, and that's actually. What do you want? I believe that's actually from uh, Charlie in the, glass, in the Glass Elevator or something. That's from one of the other stories. So, if you read Roald Dahl, his okay. story, they're, they're, they're cuckoo nuts. <laughs> I mean, they are crazy. Like, the imagination of yeah. it and, like. Like the the elevator takes them to the moon, and they there's these little um, creatures that they have a fight with, and all this stuff. It's it's cuckoo nuts, but yeah, I will say as uh, <coughs> you know, mu- mu- uh, movie music goes, the uh, 
the song Candyman does come to my mind often for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> like just randomly we'll start singing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's, a, it's a catchy little, yeah, it's a catchy little tune. And, yeah. Yeah. It's great. And it's great visuals. They, they picked, they picked fantastic, like in that, in the city where all the houses look the same and then they have this big yeah. factory and like the whole thing is just, is just fantastic. Snozberry. What's a snozberry? <laughs> so that's, that's my uh, first one I'm picking. So. What about you? That's What's your second? Um, probably my second. So, I, uh, um, Mel Gibson as a uh, wartime, as wartime movies goes. I mean, he has some great ones. Okay, Bra- Braveheart. Obviously, mm-hmm. people love Braveheart. Um, and then he did. We were soldiers. We were soldiers. Yeah, which I would say really is my favorite. But that movie I, I scarred pick, me though. Yes, it is. An There's a scene movie. in there that just yes, with, with the fire. With the napalm? Yes. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Yeah, it yeah. scarred me. Yeah, I was like, I did not need to it see is, that. It it's probably realistic. It's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, it's probably like, I'm sure that Vietnam vets are like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's it right there. Um, that's it. But it scarred me. Yeah. I, I, again, being a history buff, like, it's based on a real person. Right. That, you know, really did these things. And uh, him and uh, Sam Elliott in that movie, uh, they, Sam Elliott cracks me up. He's not supposed to be funny, but. He is funny to me just because mm-hmm. he's so serious and yeah, I like Sam Elliott a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so that's probably I probably like that movie more than the one I'm gonna say, mm-hmm. but for nostalgia's sake, I'm gonna pick The Patriot. Okay. Uh, it was <clears throat> probably the first, um, you know, to say on this podcast the the first rated R movie I ever saw mm-hmm. uh, because of violence. Um, I don't really remember how old I was, but. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it was around, you know, Fourth of July, and my dad was feeling patriotic. And, <laughs> you know, wanted to celebrate by. So it was 2000. So I was 20 when this came out. Okay. So yeah. So I would have been seven when it came out. So yeah. it's probably you know a handful. You watched of it. it when it first no, came out. No, no, no. Oh, okay. no probably it was probably a few you know a handful of years after. Okay. Probably, okay. Probably something like that. Um, but what I in in doing some research for this uh, podcast, I did not realize. Uh, a few things about it. I did not realize that like that when they initially started to uh, plan, plan the movie that they were going to make it like a biopic, like mm. they were going to base it off of a person because Benjamin Martin's not a real person. It's apparently like a, cul- a culmination of a few different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of which is based on this guy named Francis, Francis Marion. And when they started to like uh, kind of flesh out the movie, based on this guy, they the movie producers were like, no, nah, we can't do that because he is a terrible person. Mm. Like, he is way too terrible. Like, in the movie, uh, Benjamin Martin, you know, carries this sin of, of what he did during the French and Indian War of, like, dismembering all of these mm-hmm. Indians. And, and he carries that burden with him all the time. Uh, you know, simultaneously being like famous for it mm-hmm. and kind of commended for it, but also feels mm-hmm. you know, terrible because he did yeah. terrible things. But like, apparently like this Francis guy, like did that often, not just one time, but like lots and lots of times. So they, they quickly were like, yeah, we can't, we can't make a movie based on his in life. fact on this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another, uh, you know, music, music done by John Williams. Uh, you know, he's the, he's the godfather of, of film score. I mean, in a lot of ways of like what we hear and experience today, 
kind of was started with him through like yeah john williams did superman and star wars star wars and, and jaws yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah uh, he worked a lot with spielberg and lucas yes yeah and and probably indiana jones i think indiana too. jones yeah, yeah. He, he also did the first few Harry Potter movies, so like that melody line that you mm. hear dun, 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 is is him. So uh, I think I'm uh, semi off topic. I think he's written the like the most memorable melodies mm. in movies. It's uh, funny that you're like but. you don't these aren't your favorite composers, but you're talking <laughs> about them as if you love them and oh, yeah, they're yeah. your favorite. So oh yeah, he's great. No, I respect him for sure. I just uh, John Williams. I do like John Williams a lot, mm-hmm. uh, but um, also. Uh, the weird, you know, and I'm going to talk about this in the next next movie, my last movie too, but uh, it is interesting to me with movies to like later find out who potentially was going to place a character, like who they were going mm. to cast as that person. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Mel Gibson is the, the main character uh, in, um, in The Patriot, but apparently they were going to offer the role to Harrison Ford, which I just, you know, in hindsight just seems so weird. Mm. Just a, seems such a weird a weird choice, mm-hmm. uh, and like apparently Jake Gyllenhaal and Elijah Wood hmm. were gonna like were considered to play Gabriel, mm-hmm. which I, again I just think is weird. Like to see Frodo Baggins mm-hmm. as, as Gabriel Gabriel would just be odd. Um, but yeah, I, I love the Patriot. You know, it, it you know it gets you in the uh, the patriotic feels. Not you know, I, I just how terrible of a war it was, how bad the conditions were, but mm-hmm. yet how resolved everybody was. And uh, and plus, you know, there's so much uh, storyline of, like, family and how, how much this man loves his family, mm-hmm. willing to do whatever to protect them and mm-hmm. keep them safe. And, yeah, so. I mean, I agree. There's a lot. I mean, obviously, the, 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 the patriotic side of having to fight in this war it does to me it does give sort of a realistic because i've read some things about the revolutionary war and um you know the patriots were put in a difficult situation you know and so um they had to they had to fight back and so yeah interesting but i love it i could watch that's that's definitely a movie like even though it's gory and kind of intense i could watch it I'll, yeah you know, it has of, a lot to say about fathers and sons and yeah. family legacies and things like that so that's good okay so <clears throat> you ready for my second yes. movie yep all right my second one is north by northwest have you heard of this movie uh i recognize the title but definitely have not seen it so 1959 okay alfred hitchcock so i i'm a huge alfred hitchcock fan so so as much as you one that did birds right yes yes which is one of my least favorite of his movies uh most famous but least favorite of of, he also did psycho okay that's also it's good but not my favorite so as you like composers i like directors and so i try to follow directors and number one i love spy movies i love james bond movies i watched you know i love the Bourne movies i love all kinds of spy movies love them and actually, North by Northwest, so 1959, the first James Bond movie came out in 1962. So this actually influenced James gotcha. Bond. Now, James Bond is written off of a book series, yeah. don't get me wrong. But as far as visually and what they were thinking about for a movie, there, there's stylistically, there's lots yeah. of similarities. And they use this as sort of a template. And so <clears throat> I just I just love Alfred Hitchcock movies. This is one of his best um, this movie combines sort of like a gripping tale, 
of mistaken identity. So the main character is at the wrong place at the wrong time. Cary Grant is the main character. Have you heard of Cary Grant? Famous actor, handsome gentleman. Yes. Yeah, from yeah. the from yeah, the, yeah. I mean, he did he did, gosh, I mean, it had to be hundreds of movies. I mean, he started all the way back in the. 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and he just he's just a famous famous actor and so he worked with Hitchcock on a couple of different films that he did to catch a thief and and things like that which is another great movie but this is probably my favorite so he gets mistaken for a spy okay and gets caught up in this conspiracy and all these types of things and he has to, there's a girl involved, of course. There's got to be a girl involved. <laughs> and uh, and I won't spoil it. The Bond girl before the Bond girl. I won't spoil, well, uh, different. This is okay. different, yeah. I won't spoil it for you. Okay. But they um, they end up having this epic fight scene on the face of Mount Rushmore. So, and, and that's where, when they, when they, <laughs> when they wrote it, that's kind of where they started. Okay. You know, they started with wanting to have this scene of like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to have this like this fight scene on the face of Mount Rush- Rushmore and or or around Mount Rushmore. And so they ended up that being the climax of the movie. And then they worked backwards to kind of fill in the plot and fill in were the they, story. Were they like, you know, tied on or are they just running you have around? to you have to see it. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good. So and then there's the famous scene. You might have seen the famous scene where he is running and he's he has a crop duster that's shooting at him. Okay. So I, yeah, that vaguely. So he gets duped. He gets duped into trying to meet somebody to clear his name at a at a bus stop, and um, it's actually a setup. And they're trying to kill him. And there's a crop duster coming in, which I which incidentally, this kind of gets wacko nuts. They wanted to have a tornado, and they're like, to take him out or to, to take him out, and they're like. How is the, how are the bad guys going to get a tornado? <laughs> now that is like James Bond, like Doctor No controlling the weather or something. But pull out my weather machine. So anyway, they ended up using a plane with gun, you know, crop duster with guns. A little bit so. more uh, realistic. A little more like, realistic. Yeah. yeah. So I really love the fifties era. I love the, the the clothes and the um, just the the sharpness of the style. Um, you know, just the way things looked. And visually, this this is a fantastic movie. Although I will say something about the 50s and the 60s that everything probably smelled like smoke. Yeah. So yeah. every Because everyone smoked in, yeah. in this movie, people smoke. And so I'm thinking, as I look back and you watch like the show like Mad Men or something, and you're yeah, like, yeah. I bet everything smelled like stale cigarettes everywhere you went, yeah, yeah. you know? Of course he had to have, uh, you know, white shirts in his drawer. Right. because because <laughs> they all turned yellow. Yeah, and they all smelled terrible. <laughs> From nicotine, yeah. <laughs> But um, but I love the the acting and the dress, the sets. Everything was so sharp. And this was one of the so they had this movie production um, or this this way of film movies called Vista Vision. Okay. And uh, it was a it was a back then it was like a, a I don't know how to say it. It was it 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 was like high def back in the fifties. Okay. Okay. And and you could get a bigger widescreen shot with Vista Vision. And so some a bunch of movie studios were, or no, there, I'm sorry, there was one main movie studio that used it, and this was only the second time, but but Hitchcock said, because he had a contract with this movie studio, I can't remember which one it was, Paramount or Universal, might have been MGM, but anyway, he said, he said if I'm going to make this movie, I want to use VistaVision. And so what that did was that created sort of this, like, these great scenes that are just, I mean, you're taking in the entire scenery, and everything feels so real and lifelike. Like, when you watch this movie, 
it's a really fantastic movie that kind of draws you in with the with the scenes and the and everything. And so I just love because it's 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 one of my favorite spy movies, but then it's also an Alfred Hitchcock movie, so it kind of combines the different yeah. genres for me. So check it out sometime. Okay. It's a really good movie. I have it on DVD if you want to borrow it. I would have to borrow a DVD player also. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not sure I own one of those. I guess I have a disc drive I could hook up to my computer. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> not Is this sure. all young folks don't have DVD players anymore? Yeah, I, I, I probably had one in like my early adulthood. Uh-huh. But yeah. I, I saw not. something online where, where the kids were teasing their parents for having a giant <laughs> DVD collection, and they're like, don't worry, you'll inherit it one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, I was going to, you were talking about going back to Willy Wonka. Uh, you were saying, you know, it came on TV. I probably watched that movie because of VHS, like Blockbuster, probably. Right, like right. Going, uh-huh. going and, and uh, renting it from Blockbuster. Yes. Probably. What a time. What a time, Blockbuster. That was fantastic. You better, you better rewind so you don't get that uh, that extra 10 cent fee. I whatever. loved going to the movie store and picking out movies. Yeah. It was great. That it was, was a, a family event. <laughs> it was a lost era. So we can get two, so we all have to. Uh, we have to agree. You know, agree. <laughs> you have to agree on the movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and then I don't know if you. I don't know if you ever went to. We had family video here before they all I'm closed. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure and family did. video had free had a free kids movie section. Oh, nice. So it wasn't like new releases or anything. Yeah, like yeah. you had to rent those, but it had this huge. So, so like we would go pick out a movie that we were all going to watch. Maybe one that Christy and I would watch, and then the kids would go pick out movies from the um, free section and half the time they were scratched they didn't work but still like they felt like they were getting something yeah extra you know that was fun yeah anyway that's off topic but (laughs) it was your third and final film so you know this is uh a uh, a callback to episode one of of talking about movies with brian and brian Uh but of course lord of the rings has to be on there sure i mean the uh, you're gonna I, cheat. I, you're gonna cheat like I did to put three movies in yeah, the one. Right. <laughs> I, if I had to pick one, so I, I, if if you said you can only pick one of these, I would pick the two towers. See, I love and the two I, towers, but I would pick the Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, but anyway, I feel like most people would pick Return of the King because at least it has like an ending to it. <laughs> you know, that's true. <laughs> the other two, but Maybe. I love I love the Fellowship yeah. of the Ring. That's my favorite. Yeah, I feel like people. I, I've, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people don't like the two towers just because it, it's it is a lot of walking, just a lot of nothing, nothing, ha- you know, just a lot mm-hmm. of dialogue and walking. Um, but a few things that I found interesting in my uh, research that I didn't know uh, is that they originally, uh, well, like when they were first starting this out, mm-hmm. like they, there was this one producer, I can't remember who it was, but. This one producer wanted them to not make three movies, but to make a single movie of the whole story. Hmm. And he wanted uh, a, a Peter f- Jackson. Yeah, yeah, he mm-hmm. was involved. Yeah, but the like the producer wanted, or like maybe a movie exec or wanted wanted like ah this we're taking a risk on this. Let's just make one movie, which is just uh, insane. But they wanted. Uh, in, in talking about it, the the writer of this article said they, they wanted um, the one movie version to just be a lot of it pres- presented as like a flashback of older Frodo covering the entire Minds of Moria scene with just saying this, something like this. So then we went on this dangerous journey through the Minds of Moria and lost Gandalf. Uh, oh, no, that's terrible. 
That's terrible. An end of Minds of Moria. Well, I think with the success of Lord of the Rings, they probably could have, knowing what they know now, they probably could have made it a nine movie yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, however, that would have cheapened it. I feel yeah, like yeah. you know, I think the three movie series was the right was the yeah. right call, and I do think that. Um, them filming the three movies, like taking the gamble and filling them all together. Like, I mean, yeah. I think they filmed them yeah. with, with maybe a few breaks, but I mean, they, they went for like, yeah. So that was another three thing or that, four or five years, like filming these yeah. movies. And one of the, the interesting things is like, uh, that I found in this, you know, it was like top 20 facts of Lord of the Rings, but there's the scene in which, uh, Frodo is telling Sam, you know, Gollum's convinced him that Sam mm-hmm. is, trying to take the ring and, you know, Frodo is telling Sam to go home, mm-hmm. get out of here. Th- they filmed Frodo's parts, and then a year later they filmed Sam's parts. Mm. So, like, they weren't mm-hmm. even, you know, together doing that. So it's like this such emotional, you know, scene where they're basically break, breaking up as friends, and Sam feels like he's failed him, failed him and, you know, kind of probably accepts that Frodo's going to die because Gollum's going to kill him. Mm. Uh you know, they weren't even filmed at the same time, mm-hmm. a year apart. That's just insane to me. Back to, uh, though, back to crazy casting potentials. The role of Aragorn, Nicolas Cage. I did hear this, yes. That's crazy. And that uh, Viggo Mort- Mortensen which, like, which Nicolas literally Cage, came in like, here's the, the day before. Nicolas Cage is always an anomaly because he does like either really <laughs> fantastic Oscar-worthy movies yeah. or really campy, terrible movies. <laughs> yeah. so there's no in-between with him, you yeah. know? Don't, don't bash uh, National Treasure, though. I like National Treasure. <laughs> yeah, That's a fantastic like movie. Probably because, I'm, you know, I like history, so it scratches that itch for me for sure. Yeah. But the, the fact that Viggo Mortensen, who seems so perfect for that role, you know, obviously in hindsight, but like... They had a, the role cast for somebody else who went through like all of the training, all of the rehearsal mm-hmm. for like two, two or three months, mm-hmm. and then they were like, "Yeah, you're not the right guy." And so, like the day before filming, they got Viggo Mortensen in. And if he wouldn't have said yes, then Russell Crowe was like potentially a backup. But wow. Yeah, well, and that's like, happened before. Like, I don't know if you ever look at the history of like Back to the Future, where there was another character cast as Marty McFly, and they were actually filming the movie. And then they had, and then it wasn't working, and so they brought in uh, Michael J. Fox to to reshoot all of yeah. those other scenes that the guy had already shot. So that happens. What a, sometimes. What a choice you got to make. Oh, I know. Yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, think about it though. I mean, that's that's the hard call of a director to say, "Hey, this isn't working. The chemistry we thought is there is not there." And I mean, now these these movies, Back to the Future and Lord of the Rings, are, are iconic. And yeah. you can't imagine the character. Like, when I read the books or, or listen to the audiobook of, and I think Aragorn, it's yeah. Viggo yeah, Mortensen. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's Viggo Mortensen. That's for it, sure. you know. And and Gandalf is uh, uh, Ian McKellen, you know. Yes, yeah. It's which, just, which uh, uh, oh, man. Who's the actor's name? What's the actor's name that plays uh, Saruman? Yeah, Christopher Lee. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be Gandalf, but he f- he felt like he was too old mm. to be that. He's in know? a James Bond movie that's really Bad good job. too. By the way, the man, man, the man with the golden gun. He's he's dead now, right? I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That man passed. Was, he, he he did for so. Long. I think he did. I think he might hold the record for the most movies or something yeah. like that. It's it, he's up there with like hundreds of movies, yeah. like spanning like. Like almost a century, like the, yeah. The fifties, something 40s, like that. Fifty, yeah. That's like multiple, crazy. like many decades of filming yeah. movies. He's 
he was a treasure. I remember seeing this, uh, this like behind the scenes clip where he's trying to explain because he fought him. Uh, Christopher Lee fought him in World War Two, mm-hmm. and he's trying to explain to Peter Jackson the sound that one makes when they're getting stabbed. Oh my gosh! And Peter Jackson was like, "You just you know make this sound." He's like, "No, that's not that's not the right sound." You're oh like, my Lose gosh. your breath and. Because, because like he's kind of speaking from experience. Wow! You're just like, whoa. Okay. Well, I guess we'll do that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you do seem to know what you're talking about. Yeah, I do like Christopher Lee a lot. And uh, back into uh, you know producers making potentially making bad decisions. They wanted uh, there was this one producer that wanted to. He really, really wanted and thought that one of the four main hobbits should die. Oh, that he thought interesting. A, he thought it would be a great. Uh, He's quoted in saying, well, we can't have them all survive. Mm-hmm. We've got to kill a hobbit. I don't care which one you can pick. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You, I'm not telling you who it should be. You you pick it. I just think one of well, them Well, it's die. interesting. You know, in the in the books versus the movies, there's lots of, there's lots of things left out, lots yeah. of major things. And <clears throat> one of the things that it kind of bugged me, but it didn't because I don't know how they would have. It would have, like, not – the movie ended perfect. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But, like, in the book – they so 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 Saruman survives him and Wormtongue survive. You read the books before? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They survive and they go back to Hobbiton and take over Hobbiton. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then then Sam and Frodo and Merry and Pippin have to go and like defeat him yeah. to take back the Shire. You know, it's like a mini kind of skirmish. Yeah. And I don't think that would have been good for the movies. However, um, them coming back as like like conquering like they got yeah. their armor on and pe- they're riding horses which is weird for a, a hobbit anyway <laughs> and the people are like looking at them like oh my gosh what are you know that yeah. was kind of cool to see speaking of horses though did you know that bill the pony is not a real pony in the movie oh no it's, it's two people in a suit no yeah yeah no i'm serious i will say after this i will send you the, the video clip of, of behind the scenes thing yeah did they digitally Fix it or yeah, well, but it, but it's like two people in like a like, like a, like a, a horse costume. Yeah, yeah, because they couldn't get like because of the like the terrain and stuff. Like they couldn't get you know when they're in the swamp, like the horse wouldn't go in the swamp. So they're like, well, okay, we you have something. to send me. I have to see this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine who's also a big Lord of the Rings fan, sent sent me like the clip where I was. It was blown was just a couple of days ago. I was like, I'm sure, it's not fake. Crazy. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay, I'm. So, I'm. This there's is also, I'm a, I also a suspect to, you, to me. I also need to send you this uh, other clip because there's this one guy that like cuts down Lord of the Rings. It would be like the um, Lord of the Rings if uh, if Legolas if you only kept the parts in which Legolas talked to Frodo, and it's like yeah, I yeah. Will carry I will, and you have my bow. And yes, the movie. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard he only speaks to yeah. Frodo like two times. And yeah. it's like one. One is like. Uh, <clears throat> It, which I don't. Lord of the Rings. If uh, if you only kept the parts in which Peter Jackson's in the movie, so he has a cameo, and he's apparently one of the guys. He's the guy that gets shot on the uh, Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli are with the in army the two of the towers. Uh, oh no! Oh, in the the Return of the King. Yeah, they're like the pirates, kind of the okay. mercenary pirates uh-huh. coming in, and Legolas shoots, and Gimli knocks his bow, and he accidentally kills the guy. Uh-huh. That's apparently Peter Jackson, the guy. Oh, okay. Shot. Okay. So you know, it's like a one second movie. Okay. And then that's the end of the movie. Okay. I, too, love Lord of the Rings. I like watching the extended yes. version. I have yeah, extended yeah. DVDs with all of the, you know, the mouth of Sauron is in it yes. and uh, different different uh, things like that, that that they were able to, that were cut for time because the movies were already, like, what, 
three yeah, hours yeah, long yeah. or something. So they cut it. What's the extended version? They're like three and a half hours long, aren't they? Four maybe. Something like yeah, that. Four. Yeah. Like if you want to like watch Return of the Kings, probably like four and a half. Like it's, if it's, you want to watch all of them, like it's a it's a good day. Like yes. you're gonna you're gonna waste yeah. a whole day watching the extended. Yeah. Cuts. Apparently Christopher Lee was uh, mad because in like the theatrical cut, like they didn't show him dying, mm. and and he was apparently like really mad about that. Like Peter Jackson, not like not giving Sauron like this grand ending, you know. Well, I think that was more fitting because, um, it, it, you know, he had this decline of like this. He was once the head of the yeah. the Wizard Council, and then he slowly declined into like like evil and like. Yeah. Then he became this character that was like was really like when the Ents came and took over, it was like he became this like him and Wormtongue are like fighting like a married couple. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Yeah. <coughs> the ants are probably my favorite. Some of my favorite characters. Harumph. Yeah. Yes, they are too. I am no tree. So, uh, okay. Anything else about Lord of the Rings? The trilogy? Not if you don't want this to be like two hours long. <laughs> Howard Shore. Howard Shore is the uh, mu- music composer. Okay. He does a great job. Yes, the, the music yes. is really good in Lord of the Rings. He does a great job of like creating each like race of people, like dwarves and... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Elves and like each kind of realm has their own theme, mm-hmm. musical theme, and they tie tie in together when like they're That's all great. together. And, yeah, yeah. He does did he do that. the Hobbit movie? He as did. Well? He did. Uh, it's not quite as uh, cool because he he did he took a lot from what he already had done, and it's not quite as. Uh, the Hobbit movie defined, to but. me is is a little long. Like they sure. made that really yeah. they yeah. they kind of stretched that one out a little bit too yeah. too long. But yeah. if they would have stayed more true to the book, they could have made. Maybe two books yeah. out of it. Yeah. But they had to add in extra things to, to make it, you know, whatever. So. But I think the cool thing, the difference between the two, like, Lord of the Rings, like, is much, you know, very practical, like, uh, like uh, props and stuff, like, in the orcs, like, real makeup and yes. stuff. And yes, Like, the <clears throat> Hobbit, even if it was real, it made, they kind of made it look. CGI. I'm sure there was digital stuff, but yeah, they did do a lot of old school stuff in in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Yeah. and well, and they developed technology for that because the the guy who played Gollum, Andy Serkis, he uh, is is big. He's like famous now because of his like stop motion capture acting, you know. And he he's like helped develop that technology. Also plays Caesar in uh, the new Planet of the Apes, which Mm -hmm. are great. Just fun fact. Okay, so my last movie. This is gonna be a curveball, and okay. this is more from my. This is for more from nostalgia than anything, okay. because no one else is gonna think this is a very good movie. <laughs> okay, uh, I just love this movie because of the the time I watched it in my life, and it just became one of my favorite. I have movies. one of those movies that I really love that most people probably don't like. Yeah, uh, um, the King's Speech. Okay, okay. Yeah, I feel like people are like he just talks the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About that. Yeah. So I feel that. So okay, my it's it's that thing you do okay. from 1996. Okay. So I was 16 when this came out, and I, I was a huge Beatles fan. Okay, when I was a teenager, I still am a huge Beatles fan. It's the best band ever, 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 ever. Can't don't no one can <laughs> you can't debate that. It's it's not even like a choice. It's the fact. You may not like the Beatles, but they are the best band ever. Okay. So you can't okay. even debate it. I don't even care what you think. But it is a it's a story of an American group of 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 
teenagers basically or young adults okay. coming together and they kind of have a, a meteoric rise like the Beatles. You know what I'm saying? They go from nobodies okay. in Erie PA to uh, <clears throat> to like superstardom where their their song, their number one song, that thing you do is like top of the chart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then there's a big fall. You know what I'm saying? They 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 end up you have to watch. I won't spoil it As for you. As most bands do, they break up. Right. Yeah. But uh, it's directed by Tom Hanks. Okay. Which is fantastic. So Tom Hanks is also a huge Beatles fan, and this was this was big on his uh, radar here. The music is great. This is another one that I'll still listen to the soundtrack because it's songs. Now a lot of the music was original. Uh, all the music was original to the movie, but they made it feel like it was old music from the 60s, gotcha. you yeah. know, uh, pop music that the Beatles would have written or the Beach Boys or yeah. somebody like that. Uh, you know, a smart dress, the scenes are great. I mean, I love the 50s and 60s. I love the uh, the, the visuals of the cars and the shops and, you know, the young, the young, um, uh, the one of the young men, the drummer, his parents own an appliance store, like downtown, you yeah. know, kind of like the old downtown where you had all the shops in a yeah. line. The, TV, and, uh, the TVs in the window. Right, exactly. Yeah. And he's lamenting the fact that uh, there's another store called um, uh, something Mart. Uh, it, it's it's kind of a playoff like Walmart yeah. or something like that. Something Mart is now open on Sundays. And he's like, I don't think I want to live in a country where you have to be open on Sundays. You know, it's like yeah. that. It's like that old kind of thinking, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know. Uh, not that they were super religious, but I think that was just yeah. that yeah. that way Nothing of thinking. Was, so, yeah. Uh, but then they watch the Ed Sullivan show, or like they're the, the kids are on like an Ed Sullivan type show at one point and they're all gathered around the TV with like family and friends watching the show. And so it's just it's just these great feelings. There's there's lots. You know, one of my favorite actresses, Liv Tyler, had a huge crush on her as a teenager. My first big crush. Uh, and so she was in the movie. And so that probably helps me to love this movie even more. Um, but I just, this is a, a fantastic movie and it just, it kind of hit me at the right time in my life. And this is a movie I've owned it like in VHS, I've owned it in DVD, you know, streaming, yeah. you know, and I yeah. will watch this movie probably, um, I, I try, I will, I'll probably try to watch it at least once a year, you know, and it's one of those movies that if it, if it's on or if I see it, I'm like, yes, let's yeah. watch that because I just love it. And there are so many iconic lines that, that I, and Christy both, she's watched it since and loves it as well. But there's so many things that we have, um, we have, uh, we, we say to each other yeah. all the time, yeah. you know, um, and I'll, I'll think of random things that will come up. Like one of the, one of the things, um, he's one of the characters, Steve Zahn, and he's just, you know, you know who Steve Zahn is? It doesn't ring a bell. Uh, he would, he, you would know him if, uh, you would know him if, if you heard of him. But in, in part of the, the movie, the, the record producer, or sorry, the manager's listing places where they could play, you know, and he's like, you could play at Youngstown and you could play at uh, these different places. And out of all oh, that, he yeah. he picks like one of the, the like, uh, forget what he says. Oh, man. He says, uh, oh, it's so funny. He says one of the towns, but like it's not a big town, like it's a small town. He's like, we could play there, you know, and it's like, it's just so funny. So that that joke didn't come off right because I can't remember what he says. But. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm bad about uh, quoting movies, but I don't ever quote movie. Like I don't ever quote the important important lines. They're always the lines that nobody will ever. Remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I love that thing you do. So check that out as yeah. well because that's a. You probably won't like it, but um, <laughs> but I I do okay. love that movie. It's really it's really good.
Okay. So did you have any honorable mentions that you just want to... As, as I was just talking about quoting movies, I probably should have mentioned... I probably should have used Remember the Titans. Oh, that's a good one. Because that was a movie as a kid... Like that has another fantastic I mean, soundtrack. Probably, the soundtrack for Remember yeah. Titans is great. Yeah, up your alley because it uses it uses a lot of yeah, yeah pop music from the sixties. Uh, I it's probably a movie that nobody would want to watch with me because I I think I could literally quote the entire movie. Yeah, like just Christy and I quote that line. line where the one uh, the one girl keeps talking and she's like Cheryl Cheryl I do not <laughs> care. <laughs> So yeah. whenever somebody's like talking about something, we'll look at each other and be like, we'll, we'll, we'll quote that to yeah, each other. Yeah. So yeah, we, uh, yeah, we, we love that movie as well. I, you know, Wizard of Oz, I, I mentioned that earlier, James Bond, you know, I could have, I could have picked out a couple of those that are really good. You know, I love those movies yeah. as well. And I, I just love things all over the place. Um, there's modern movies that yeah. I love as well, but probably gladiators <laughs> up there for me. Yeah. That's a that's a good one. Yeah. One. What's the most recent movie that you're like? That's one of my favorite movies. Mm. Recent movies, probably. Uh, I mean, it came out. I don't know. Within the last five. Yeah, years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the Darkest Hour. Oh, okay. Which is about Winston Churchill. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. like his. First well, that was when the um, was that when they had that smog or whatever that fell over uh, London? Yeah. Yeah. But they um, it's kind of like it, it's like his first two or three weeks of being prime minister mm-hmm. leading up to the big, we will fight on the beaches, fight mm-hmm. on the shores. And Who plays Winston Churchill? Is that uh, John Gary Lithgow? Oldman. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you, you got to take a double take when you see him, though, because he's, I mean, he's got Doesn't this big look fat like him. suit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But fantastic movie. Also, don't, if you want to listen to that speech and be inspired, listen to the movie one. If you listen to actual mm-hmm. Winston Churchill give the speech, it's not, it's, mm-hmm. it's very uh, solemn and not as... Let's go get him. You know, it's mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. The most recent movie I've seen in the last couple of years, I would say I like Tenet by Christopher Nolan. Okay. I like Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah, yeah. Tenet is his version of James Bond, basically yeah. uh, in a, in a, a sci-fi kind of mind bending twist. And so I loved that about that movie. And so, yeah, um, I don't know if it, I don't know if it'd be favorite of mine, but I really enjoyed it. Like yeah. I was watching, I was like, I was really enjoying yeah. it a lot. Uh, uh, probably the last the last movie I'll mention that I really like that at least my family members around me that have watched it with me don't like. They they're bored by it. Is Lincoln? Uh, oh, Daniel, I liked Lincoln. Yeah, Daniel Day Lewis plays Lincoln. John <coughs> Williams does the music. It's you know all about getting the the Fourteenth mm-hmm. Amendment. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's right. 14th Amendment passed. Mm-hmm. And like, Tommy Lee Jones is in that movie. At the end of the movie, you know, he's worked so hard. He opens the window. He hears the bell, the church bells chiming because they got it passed. And then, you know, he's going to die in like five days or something. Mm-hmm. So it's just uh, history buffing me probably is what makes uh, makes me like it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. Like I said, I love movies. There's, I could probably go on and yes. talk forever yeah. and ever about movies, but people would probably get bored with that. <laughs> so what are your favorite movies? Send in. Let us know what you like. Let us know if you like these movies or if you think they're terrible. Let us know your reviews. Don't tell them. us that. <laughs> well, pessimistic here. Let us know what you like about the movies, yes. what you loved about them. So, Well, Evan, I appreciate you being on and letting Absolutely. us Thanks just letting talk about this and have a fun episode. I hope you listeners have enjoyed the kind of break and just to – just to talk about some of the things that we really like and round us out as people because, you know, we are we are people that love movies, not just pastors who study the Bible and music all the time. We, we watch movies. Yeah. So that's fun. Well, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.